This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of Genesis. In those days the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grave that I must go down and see whether or not their actions fully correspond to the cry against them that comes to me. I mean to find out. While Abraham's visitors walked on farther toward Sodom, the Lord remained standing before Abraham. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you sweep away the innocent with the guilty? Suppose there were fifty innocent people in the city. Would you wipe out the place rather than spare it, for the sake of the fifty innocent people within it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to make the innocent die with the guilty, so that the innocent and the guilty would be treated alike. Should not the judge of all the world act with justice? The Lord replied, If I find fifty innocent people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham spoke up again, See how I am presuming to speak to my Lord, though but I am dust and ashes. What if there are five less than fifty people? Will you destroy the whole city because of those five? He answered, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. But Abraham persisted, saying, What if there are only forty found there? He replied, I will forbear doing it for the sake of the forty. Then Abraham said, Let not my Lord grow impatient if I go on. What if only thirty are found there? He replied, I will forbear doing it if I can find but thirty there. Still Abraham went on, Since I have thus dared to speak to my Lord, what if there are no more than twenty? The Lord answered, I will not destroy it for the sake of the twenty. But he still persisted, Lord, do not grow angry if I speak up this last time. What if there are at least ten there? He replied, For the sake of those ten, I will not destroy it. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart, for you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will sing your praise. I will worship at your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Because of your kindness and your truth, for you have made great above all things your name and your promise. When I called, you answered me. You built up strength within me. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. The Lord is exalted, yet the lowly he sees, and the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk amid distress, you preserve me. Against the anger of my enemies, you raise your hand. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Your right hand saves me. 
The Lord will complete what he has done for me. Your kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your hands. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And even when you were dead, in transgressions and in uncircumcision of your flesh, he brought you to life along with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, obliterating the bond against us with its legal claims, which was opposed to us. He also removed it in our midst, nailing it to the cross. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asked for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asked for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, we are going to hop right into these readings because they are wonderful today. Uh, And I really got a theme of not only intercession, but persistent intercession. And we're going to see that both in the first reading in the gospel. And I'd say also more specifically, intercessory prayer. Uh, In fact, this reading from Genesis, if you remember last week, this is a follow-on from last week. So if you remember from last week, uh, Abraham and Sarah were visited by three men. Uh, They announced that Sarah would have a son when they come back this time next year. And then uh, the angels went ahead into another area, and that's where we pick this up. And what we see here today is actually in Scripture. It's the first recorded act of intercession in Scripture. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, yeah, and God told Abraham about his plans to destroy the city, and Abraham then began bargaining with God appealing to God's mercy with the hope that he would spare any innocent lives that might be in the city of Sodom. 
But look at the way that Abraham bargained with God. You know, he didn't use that tit-for-tat kind of bargaining. He didn't promise that if God does what he wants, then Abraham will do something for God in return. He simply asked God to reconsider, to show mercy on any innocent people that might be living there. Now, prayer petitions on behalf of another person or people is called intercessory prayer. And in addition to redemptive suffering that we talked about last week, this is another way that we can participate in Christ's work of redemption. Exactly. You know, it's kind of funny. I was, as I was preparing for this, I'm picturing this, you know, how Abraham's reminding God that he's merciful and then he starts negotiating and kind of you have these, say these Lord and Abraham, these two guys standing there, arms crossed, standing on the hill, looking over the valley out of Sodom and and usually, at least for me, I'm like, two guys are standing kind of quietly or silently next to each other. They're like, they're not thinking anything. Like, what am I thinking? I'm thinking nothing, <laughs> you know, but the Abraham is definitely thinking right now. And I love when he just thinking them in silence. It's like, well, Lord, what if they're 50? Okay. I won't, I won't, we're 50. A little quiet. Lord, what if there's five less than 50? Okay. <laughs> and of course he walks him down all the way down to 10, right? So I'm thinking from worldly point of view. I want this guy on my negotiation team. <laughs> I, want, I want him. He's not giving up easy. Right. <laughs> he <Yes>. is not. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing that's beautiful about this is that negotiation was a concern for others, right? He wasn't negotiating to win. What he was doing was he was genuinely concerned about the safety and the life of others. And God allows at that point then the just to live among the wicked. And in fact, in certain things, if you get down to 10 or 20 just in the whole city, the wicked are outnumbering the just, right? But the thing I pulled from this, and I think this is really important, is even though there may be very few just people, the Lord is still looking out for the just and he protects the just. And if you remember after this, at the end of this reading here in, in the scriptures, follow on, Sodom was destroyed, but yet Lot and his family, being holy family uh, or a holy family, they were saved. And so even though we might feel even in society today, we might be outnumbered. Indeed, the Lord is looking out for us and the Lord will protect us and the Lord will save us. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move into the second reading. We see a whole lot of baptism in this reading, don't we, in the letter to the Colossians? Oh, we do. And St. Paul explains that baptism is the new circumcision. And baptism releases us from the bondage of debt due to our original sin. And the water that's used in baptism signifies how we die to sin. And coming up out of the water signifies being raised from the dead to a new life in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul points out how all along this has been God's plan to restore right relationship be be between him and mankind by destroying the bonds of sin through the power of the cross. And I believe Romans 6 speaks beautifully to that. Or are you unaware that you who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. It's beautiful scripture reading. As Catholics, we believe that the Holy Spirit is at work at baptism. And with baptism, we are incorporated into the body of the Christ because the Spirit marks us for Christ and marks us for eternal life. And what a beautiful 
I guess, sacramental, beautiful reality of Christ's grace that we have in the baptismal. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. a beautiful thing. Well, let's go ahead and move under into the gospel. We have today, it starts off, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And how does the Lord respond? Oh, yeah, I'll say. Well, you know, and the Catholic, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us this about prayer. It says that prayer is the lifting of the heart and the mind to God in praise, petition, thanksgiving, and intercession. And we see all those elements in the prayer of the Our Father. We are to pray the same way that a small child goes to his father to ask for help or when he runs to his mother brimming with delight because he just plucked a lovely dandelion from the yard you know it's with that kind of confidence sincerity and trust that god wants us to approach him you know kevin i think that a lot of people make prayer too complicated when it's really very simple but we've talked about this before just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy Prayer isn't about handing off a list of needs and wants to a kind of genie God who's going to grant our wishes. Prayer is about participation in a real relationship with God. To have a good, healthy prayer life, we need to make a personal commitment and be willing to invest our time just as with any relationship. We were created to be in relationship with each other and with God. The most important thing to remember about prayer is that it isn't a magic chant or a secret formula to get God to do what we want him to do. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. Prayer changes the way we see ourselves and prayer changes the way we see others. Think back to those awkward grade school days, what it was like to make new friends. For those of us who were shy, it usually meant being a little bit uncomfortable, a little uneasy at first, until we got to know the other person. And that's how it is with prayer. Prayer, as with any social skill, takes some practice to get past the initial awkwardness. When we invest time and become consistent in our practice, prayer will take us to new depths in our hearts. Prayer will reveal truths about ourselves that might be surprising, and we'll find ourselves developing an authentic two-way relationship with God and falling in love with Him in a very real way. And in closing, our catechism teaches us in paragraph 2613, it is not that God needs to be informed of our needs, but that we must realize our total dependence on Him for everything. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.